During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience, guys. I am beyond excited for our guest today for our Falcon and the Winter Soldier recap of episode three. He is one third of one of my favorite podcasts. I feel I can talk to him about anything as evidenced by our conversation today, which I just hit record and we've already been on Zoom for like hours. <laughs> we can talk about family. We can talk about Invincible, Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, this man's brain is a treasure chest of comic information. Please welcome Miguel from Legion on Zoom. Yo, hello, everybody. I am extremely excited to be here. This is, and exactly as you said, we just did a few hours <laughs> of our full, with the full guys, you know, the whole Legion on Zoom on board. And now, you know, I'm happy to stay on to continue our conversation, but now a deep dive on the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, we talked about AVX, and that episode is going to be coming in the coming weeks. And then we hit pause, and then we started talking for like 30 minutes about life, and now we just hit record again. Miguel, how are you doing? Like, how's everything for you? I'm, I'm doing, you know, okay. I'm, a, I'm all right. I've been, you know, the pandemic hits everybody, you know, it's just a freaking year of this, which is insane, you know, but I've, I've actually really loved, you know, as we mentioned in the last in the previous recording, right, the, the pandemic kind of what drove us to do the podcast. Uh, and, and we've been enjoying that, that journey, that creative adventure. And, and then that led to, you know, meeting awesome people like you, you know, and establishing, you know, what I'm hoping will be a long lasting friendship. You know, it, you know, you've been on our show. Now we're on your show, you know, and it, that's just been honestly one of the biggest silver linings of, of this experience. And, and so, you know, it's okay. This is a fine way to spend one's weekend, you know. I remember I was on Apple Podcasts and I typed in comic book podcast and you guys came up. First of all, I love the oh, name Legion yes. on Zoom. I do. I love it. And then when I was listening to the episode, I was like, I want to get in on this conversation. And this is before we probably even had a podcast starting. And when I found you guys on on Instagram and we started chatting. I mean, you guys are so cool. I love hearing you guys talking all your deep dives and everything. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The the goal of our podcast is just us, you know, hanging out, talking, you know, talking shit about comic books and and laughing. I think it's just mostly we just want to laugh. We want to go deep into stuff, but we just want to make each other laugh. And so if people want to join in and and join in the fun and just get a good laugh and, and also be find that disagree with us and just we love that stuff argue amongst each other um so it's great to hear you that you've enjoyed it and you've been you've joined us quite well quite well immediately we engage in conversation with you and it's been a lot of fun 
Well, you guys are easy to talk to. And I think, you know, I've said this about Power of X-Men. It's a reaction to the vitriolic, very toxic, like nerds who are gatekeepers. <laughs> and like, I'm a huge nerd, but I don't know everything. And like, mm -hmm. I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with arguing with someone. Like, just because yeah. I'm right that Jean Grey is the God <laughs> Queen of the X-Men universe. <laughs> Doesn't mean you have to think that. I'm, you know what I mean. Like it's a fandom, right, and I love, exactly. I love spreading that that joy and that passion. And I'm sure you get this too. You have listeners. You have uh, members of the community from all walks of fandom. You have seasoned, and then you have people who just started picking up the books or right. just watched a movie. I mean, you guys are a little bit more general than mm -hmm. than Power of X Men, but it's now, why would you want to exclude anyone? No, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of what was our goal at first, you know, to, to be general, because like, I think in, as you've seen, you know, among the three of us, you know, Rod is heavy DC, I'm the heavy Marvel guy. And then Chess is actually more DC as well. Uh, but then we have a lot of things in between and then image and all that. And, and then obviously, then the 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 all the media in terms of movies and films, that's what's kind of, you know, and TV shows is what's brought us together, because then that's from all over the place. And and we love just to talk about all of that. And we've had listeners that start to, you know, been checking out our show who are casual, right? Who just, you know, I like the Avengers movie. That's what I'm watching. I'm listening to you guys or something. And they want us to maybe sometimes explain things a little bit more, right? Because we, we forget that, oh, right, people won't immediately know. No, we're talking. We're thinking we're talking to people that go to Comic Con exclusively, you know. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, we want to open it up to anybody, right? Because that's that's the joy of comics. It's like it's for everybody. That was one of the most eye-opening experiences for me, especially in the last couple weeks, where there have been people I've been DMing with, and they've been like, "Actually, I'm a new comic book reader. I've only started with Hickman in in our case." Or they'll just say something like, oh, I haven't read some of the recent stuff. I'm just, you know, diving into like the Australian X-Men. Right. And I, I always thought like you guys, I'm talking to people who are just diehards. But no, it's that's just like a sliver of the people who want to engage. The majority are people who are, I would say, new to casual fans who just want to know more. Yeah. So, yeah, the message boards and stuff like that, like people are dicks on there. And that's why like hearing you guys, it's like. You know, I felt like, I think we're all the same age, but I felt like the little brother who wants to like join the conversation and be like, wait guys. Like, so that's why I slid into your DMs. So awesome. thank you and for we, responding. We appreciate that. No, we've loved your messages and everything. And because I think that's obviously like what you're saying is because we, we, I think those are the two joys that we've discovered about this. One is like, one, it, it's great to discuss these things in detail and also help hopefully provide an example of like you can disagree you know because like yeah Chaz and rod the other legion on zoom they're my brothers you know and like brothers we will fight we will disagree but it's not hateful you know and, and it's all good fun you know and that's what we want and then also the best thing is finding these new people and then to share the love of that right like you're saying like a, like a young brother little brother little sister that's just falling into comics and then to be like oh follow this way you know read these <laughs> books first and because it's it's awesome to share that love no it, it it truly is and that has been the biggest joy of doing power of x-men it's talking to people who are just new and they just love the comics and that's it like there's none of that hate or any of that like you know really deep fighting and it's been such a great <laughs> scenario sorry um 
Have you seen the new Black Widow trailer? I have, and actually, and it's thanks to you, <laughs> son of a bitch. Because like you, be, I was surprised. I woke up in the morning. I go on my Instagram and I see that you already shared it. I'm like, you. I'm like, you stay in your lane, sir. It's X Men, okay? <laughs> I'm like, we share the non X Men stuff. So I was like, I immediately messaged the guys. I'm like, there's a new Black Widow trailer. Like what? And then so now I saw it, and I'm like, thanks to you. Now we've seen, I've seen it, and 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 I was blown away by it. I this is me 24 hours. It's <laughs> just like on my phone like that. I so I am particularly invested in the MCU because I think the X-Men are coming. The mutants are coming. Of course, of course. And and I want to be there wherever. And as we'll discuss with uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier today, um there is a huge X-Men reference and oh, that's Lord. Yeah, and that's because of the Fox rights finally going back to Marvel. But so, are you excited for Black Widow? Yeah, no, I have. Uh, I've been excited since the beginning. Even when they started saying they were going to make a movie of Black Widow, I was all about it because I like I, I trust Kevin Feige. I trust what they do. And after the first trailer, I was blown away. And this new trailer, I, I loved it. If anything, it makes me just, especially with this trailer that they showed us, you know, uh, uh, reminding us of how Bullshit dies, right? And, and spoiler <laughs> alert, right? In, in Endgame, where I'm just bummed that we won't get more Black Widow afterwards. Because honestly, with the past trailer and this trailer, it, it makes me feel like she could be like the James Bond or Bourne identity of the MCU. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I thought about that with Endgame, too. She... She could be the leader of a new Avengers team. She could be, as you just said, the Jason Bourne or the double seven. Like she's, ScarJo looks great. I, you know, obviously if this movie hits, you know, the billion dollar marker, which it most likely won't because of the pandemic, but I think it will get the hype and all that. Hi. All right. So this is Esteban and he might pop in every once in a while. All right. Listeners, if you're listening to this on podcast our Esteban is a cat who just joined the podcast <laughs> yeah I I'm curious to see where they're gonna go if they'll make a trilogy or something like that I I don't think Black Widow I don't think we can write her off yet I know she's dead and they've established that but let's see where they go with it no I agree I've heard rumors that his her sister might take on the mantle for Black I Widow know. right so I know I don't know how I feel about that. I need to see her in action to see it, but because I'm, come on, Scar, Scar Jo, like, I, I love her. She's done a great job. And, and, and especially because I feel she's done a good job without uh, giving the spotlight that much, you know, and mm-hmm. had so-so, you know, writers, on, you know, involved. We talked about Joss Whedon's Age of Ultron, you know, in, in the episode with us. <laughs> And, and and so I'd like to see her get the spotlight more and really show what the Black Widow can do and then like all this ac- awesome action spy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And her sister being Florence Pugh, who I never really like I've heard her name, of course, but I didn't really know who she was or what she was capable of as an actress. Have you seen Midsommar? Oh, I haven't yet. I've heard many people keep telling me to watch it. It's it's an intense movie, A, but I was like, okay, I understand why Florence Pugh was casted in this role. Like, girlfriend can act, and you know what? I'm here for it. So, you know, if she takes on the mantle Black Widow, I, I don't know. I, I love ScarJo, 
But, you know, I understand that at a certain point, these characters, they're legacy titles and they're going to be passed down. But as long as the door's open for like Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Robert Downey Jr. As long as they can come back, like mm-hmm. I'm ha- in some way, shape or form. Awesome. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with the trailer. They leaned into the Avengers angle more so than they have oh, yeah. in, oh. other, in other trailers. So let's see where they go with this. With it. So Falcon, the winter soldier, what were you expecting going in? And you guys were covering WandaVision. So you were knee deep in WandaVision. Mm -hmm. This is like a 180 from WandaVision. So I'm curious, what was your mindset going from WandaVision to this? And were you getting your clown makeup ready? (laughs) (laughs) Fan theories. Oh, God, no. If anything, that's what I learned from from WandaVision to be like, you know what? Well, you know what? Because also that's the that was the fun thing of WandaVision, the theories. And I think but I don't I I think from the get go, I wasn't expecting Falcon and Winter Soldier to be that like uh, a speculative. Right. You know, if anything, I'll just be like, oh, like, who is the power broker? Right. Or how is this happening? You know, but nothing really about like, is this Mephisto or not? (laughs) Right. In what moment are the X-Men going to appear? Right. And and so but I was looking forward to it. My expectations were high, um, you know, and, and, and but, you know, I was just expecting to get entertained, to have a good show with decent plot. Nothing, you know, that's going to piss me off. You know, and we've talked about this in our show, uh, Legion on Zoom, where like a lot of the DC films, I, I think the stories are not the best in the movies and. You know, uh, the acting is something so-so. And at least MCU, they give you a good story. It's not too cheesy. It's not too dark. And and it makes sense. And, you know, you don't have to ignore stuff too much, right? To be, to just stay with the story. And 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 that's what I was expecting. And actually, I think I, I've been getting more than than what I was expecting because I wasn't in it for it to be. It's a full on action film. <laughs> yeah. What well, not only is it an action film, it's a smart action film. Like yeah. it's dealing with PTSD. It's dealing with systemic racism. Mm-hmm. I, I think this episode in particular doesn't really go into the themes as heavy as the first two episodes, but I, I kind of thought I was going to come in and be like, okay, you know, I'm coming off of WandaVision. I have no expectations here. It's going to be like a really good action film. And actually it's really great. Yeah. No. And I'm glad you mentioned exactly. Cause I, I, that's one thing I've really been enjoying about these Disney plus shows, right? Cause that they're really starting to go into the character and really the show more the psyche of the person, right. And, and the trauma of, of the life that they've been living, you know, and not me as a psychologist, as a neuropsychologist, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Right. Cause one, the vision was about her dealing with grief mm-hmm. and her trauma from that. And then from the first episode of the series, we see Winter Soldier. Like, I love his line when he describes, like, look, I've been doing this for, like, what, 90 years or something. And, like, he's, like, he he never had a moment to stop. You know, he just kind of flipped out, right? And then yeah. came back and then back to a fight and hasn't really had a moment to stop and even process, like, yo, like, you were almost killed back in the 40s, right? And yeah. then... And then you've been a slave to like Hydra and like all these other agencies for all of your life. You know, it, he's never had a moment to process that. And I, I like seeing that he's slowly addressing that stuff in, in the show. And I, I hope they uh, look at it more. Well, and it was so smart, too, because 
Bucky is dealing with all of that trauma. And I think there was a line like, oh, but you were in Wakanda. Like, just because you took a time out doesn't mean you fully coped with your trauma. And he's having nightmares about it. And I love that the psychologist who I am obsessed with, the actress's name is Amy Aquino, I think. I want to say Aquino, but I'm obsessed with her. She's my new Victoria Blade. Like I want her <laughs> on this show because I think she handles it so well. And those scenes are really powerful. And I love that they're showing that even a superhero like Bucky needs some therapy. No, exactly. And then showing on the flip side, right, then Sam Wilson's, right, Anthony mm -hmm. Mackie's experience as a black man that even if he's a superhero, a motherfucking Avenger, right? Yeah. That that he's still not, uh, you know, cleared from not experiencing racism and that we're seeing the systemic racism in, in with Isaiah Bradley. It's like, God, all right, Disney. All right, Marvel. Good. good. Like you're going there. And I love how smart they're delivering that that theme because it's not just about like an outward like racist thing. It's literally the bank teller. They're sitting down and he's here like, hey, you're Falcon. Can I take a selfie with you? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do anything with you because so many people are coming back from the dead. And it's like, but this is Falcon. His name is a commodity. You know what I mean? That would be like telling Brad Pitt that you can't get a loan because you have been MIA for five years. I don't buy that bullshit exactly. at all. Exactly. And then that scene with the cops where they were like, hey, Bucky, is this guy bothering you they didn't call him bucky but you know to to best and stand who's white and then they're like oh wait shit that's falcon like oh we're so sorry sir it's so smart the way they've crafted that to show how conniving systemic racism can be and why some people ignore it when it's not ignorable it's right there in your face no exactly i'm loving that i'm loving and sorry i'm, <laughs> I, I'm loving that they're doing it like that, like, because honestly, I was a little bit worried, especially in that scene when the cops showed up when they were leaving from the second episode, right? Mm -hmm. They were leaving Isaiah Bradley's uh, house and the cops showed up. I was a little bit worried. I'm like, ah, oh, you guys are not. Are you, I hope you do this correctly. It's not like too obvious or something. And they did it. What I would think, obviously, I'm not a black man, but yeah. at least a person of color that although light skin, obviously Latino, uh, yeah. uh, it, it, it felt authentic. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that scene with Isaiah, and I think in the last episode I said, Ellie, is it Ellie or Eli? I think it's Eli. Eli, yeah. Eli, I, I'm just excited for the future of the MCU. I want a flashback with Bucky versus Isaiah, and I want Eli to start assembling the Young Avengers. Yes, I'm ready for exactly. it. Mm -hmm. There's so much being planted here. All right, we go. You are one of the few straight guests that I have on the show. <laughs> so I want to ask you a fuck, Mary kill. Are you ready for it? Take a I sip. I'm ready here. for it. <laughs> All right. So we got Sharon Carter, Black Widow, and Peggy Carter. I would have, I think, I don't think that's too hard, actually. So I would really? have to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to kill Peggy Carter. Oh, Peggy. She's sweet, but she's Caps girl. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, I'm not. She doesn't. Not not for me. So I, I would have to immediately. And then between damn Black Widow and Sharon Carter. 
I think just from what we've seen so far, I think I would go with fuck Sharon Carter mm-hmm. uh, and, and Mary Black Widow. Okay, I feel that's respectable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I think they're all fabulous. I would have had a very, you know, if I had to, if someone pointed a gun to my face and I had to answer this, <laughs> I would have I would have married Peggy Carter. I would have fucked Black Widow and then I would have killed Sharon Carter. Really? Sharon, though? I... I think Emily Van Camp is doing a phenomenal job. I This episode took a turn with the character that we'll talk about and some speculation that I'm sure we're on the same page about. But I don't know. I just feel like I don't... Eh. I don't, I didn't really trust her. I guess that's a point. I know that's a point, but still. <laughs> I mean, and then you got ScarJo, which, you know, bless ScarJo's heart, <laughs> you know? But I feel like she would be a, a chill wife to a closeted gay husband like, such as myself. <laughs> I like, I feel like we, she would be really cool about it, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I would be fucking her. I'm marrying Peggy Carter. I, the answer is still the same there, but yeah, it works. how do you feel <laughs> Anthony Mackie is doing as Falcon? I, I love him. I love him. I think he's a wonderful actor and he's just bringing so much life to, to Sam Wilson. The, the, honestly in a way even better than in the comics you know because i've never been a huge sam wilson falcon fan like i've read captain america mostly the most modern runs that were i think started by rick remender i think no well from ed brubacher and then kind of moving forward and then like i read that whole sam wilson becoming captain america run which was great and sam wilson's cool like he's a cool character i like him i like him but anthony mackie though i am I, I love him. I'm like more of him, please. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he is, he has something about him. He just has that like superstar, like, like I can understand why someone like an agent would be like, yeah, this is a celebrity. This is an actor. Like let's that smile of his man. And like the way he commands uh, the screen. And he also has that vulnerability that Chris Evans brought to Captain America, which I hadn't noticed before until this series. Mm-hmm. Like he believes in the good in people. Yeah. Like I think he's a little bit more street smart and smarter, like in general, than than Chris Evans, yeah. Steve Rogers. Like God bless his heart too. Like he's pretty, but sometimes like shh, don't talk. <laughs> exactly. But like I feel like you know, like he can like that scene with the bank teller. He's here like, yeah, yeah. Falcon. Like he knew what he was doing. He was purposely manipulating that. But I think at the core of it, he believed that, you know, good would prevail. And that's the layers I love with the character. Love it. What do you think of Emily Van Camp? As we just touched upon. I, I, you know, I, I like her. I like her so far. Uh, I've enjoyed her in the movies. You know, I think for me, honestly, this episode kind of sold me more on her, on, on who yeah. she can be. And because I think from before, I was more like, all right, yeah, cool. Sharon Carter and and I don't know, not 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 kind of like a side character that kind of mm-hmm. just helps the plot move. And and but I think for this episode now, I'm like really interested in her and her life. And I, I love Emily Bandcamp. I think, you know, as an actor, she's doing very well as Sharon Carter. Actually, funny, I heard your episode and uh, one of the, I think the one with Warpath Dylan, and mm-hmm. I was recently watching this episode with my wife, who, who she's not a fan of the show, really, actually, but but, but she was immediately, she saw Emily Bankham, she's like, oh, I saw her in Everwood, and, and I'm like, <laughs> I never knew about this show. So I, this you didn't the first know about movie. Everwood with Chris Pratt? Well, once she showed me on, on, her, on her phone, I was like, 
Oh, I remember seeing commercials of this when I was a kid. I never watched it. I never. And then actually one until yesterday, I realized like, oh, shit, Chris Pratt was in it. (laughs) I didn't know. I thought Chris Pratt came to the scene in Parks and Rec. (laughs) Oh, really? No, he was also fun fact. He was on the OC season four. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been following Chris Pratt for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, you know, Warpath Dylan and Madrox also said that they saw Emily in Brothers and Sisters, which was that epic television show starring Sally Field, which I don't know what it was about, but it was on after Desperate Housewives. And then she did Revenge. I didn't watch either, but I have nothing against Emily Van Camp. I like Sharon Carter quite a bit. I don't think I've read enough of her in the comics, to be completely honest. I'm... I'm curious where they're going to take the character. I'm curious what Sharon Carter's stands think of her interpretation. I thought she was great in Winter Soldier. Yeah. I forgot she was in Civil War until she mentioned it in this episode. And I think that was like a little meta comment where she was like, fuck all of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I don't know why the actress, Emily Van Camp, wasn't available for other projects. It's sort of like Darcy from... Thor, Dr. Darcy, of course. Right, right, right. I like, I'm just curious, like, was it a scheduling thing? I understand there's only so many characters you can focus on. And, you know. And I think it's, I think that's what I was mentioning from the previous movies. Cause I do feel, I don't know if it's availability. I think it's just the writers before eh, didn't really care much of her as a character, more so than we need her to move the story along. And then that's it, you know? And, yeah. And so that's why, like, I yeah, sure, I liked her. But it, you could tell that her story wasn't important before in the movies, really. It, her story was important as it related to Chris Evans, right? That's what they wanted to show you, you know? And, and yeah, I would like to know more of her. And I think with the show, now we're really, hopefully, we'll see a lot more of who is Sharon Carter, who, what's been happening oh, yeah. to her before and after and, and, and all that. Yeah. And, you know, something that we brought up before, and I think it it's worth mentioning again, is, you know, they're making these movies year by year. You know what I mean? Like the plan for Sharon Carter from when they created her to where it is now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's where it's supposed to be. And, you know, we can sit here and we can play Monday morning quarterback. But the fact of the matter is stuff happens during production and things change and priorities change and the stories change. So what do you think of Sebastian Stan? Oh, come on. I love Sebastian Stan. Like he's, he's great. I love him as winter soldier. Um, I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a show that he got a show with Sam Wilson that he can shine, you know, cause I think he's a good actor uh, and he can bring, um, some really good depth to the character, you know, like we were mentioning earlier about like, the trauma that he's, you know, trying to go uh, 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 heal from and how he's healing from it, right? With trying to make amends with his past uh, deeds as the Winter Soldier. But at the same time, right, he's still, you can tell, especially with today's episode, the recent episode is that he does like the fight. You know, he he is a, a super soldier, right? Like, and I love Sebastian Stan, I think, kind of juggles well those two sides of like he wants to repent, kind of, you know, make heal from his past, but he still wants to kick ass. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think one of the joys of the series has been seeing Sebastian Stan and his chemistry with Anthony Mackie and vice versa. They bounce off of each other so well, well. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think Sebastian Stan plays Bucky as someone who truly loves and admires Falcon in the same way that he loved and admired Cap. Yes. And I think we saw in the last episode, I think in this episode, it's still there. And I'm, I'm here for it. I'm really, I'm really excited for their future. And I think they have an awesome bromance going on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, what did you think of, Zemo, Daniel Brawl, 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 Brawl. I can't pronounce his last name, but Daniel Brawl. What did you think of him as Zemo? I'm, I'm with it. I'm liking it. Like I liked him in uh, Civil. No, what I forget. Civil War, right? That's Civil War. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked him there. I was honestly just a little bit disappointed that he didn't have the mask and didn't have the look. But that was finally fixed in today's in the last last episode. Um, but but I like him. I like that they're making him interesting in terms of like he's not like a classic villain that he just wants to destroy shit, you know, for the sake of whatever. No, he has a mission. He's getting a little bit more complex because I think that's when one of the issues with the MCU that most of their villains have been kind of like unidimensional, kind of pretty standard villain, and then they get defeated, and then they're done, right? Like, yeah. I think Loki was the best one, and he's like, even as a villain himself, like, eh, you know, like, it gets, it's up for debate. And then, like, obviously, Thanos was a great villain. And I think Simo, oh, and obviously Michael B. Jordan's uh, uh, kill, uh, kill, uh, Killmonger. Killmonger was obviously an incredible villain. I got angry that they killed him. Oh, you know, know. like you could have kept using him. I wanted him to be like Loki, uh, Black Loki to Black Panther. You know, like uh, yeah. And and so I think with Simo, we see that potential. Uh, I but it's potential still. You know, I don't think yeah. we've seen it completely. And I think this episode helped, and and I'm liking it more. I'm I'm still. I want to see more. I don't know. What do you think? I, you know, the, the scene where he gets out of the car and onto the private jet and he's here like, yeah, before Sokovia was destroyed, my family was, you know, very wealthy and I'm a baron. And he had the fur and I was like, all right, that's what we're playing with now. Okay. I, I feel like there were a lot of like throwaway lines in this episode that it's just like, we're trying to not be safe anymore because I think Marvel was very safe when some of these characters like Sharon and Zemo were introduced and now they're going to lean into their characters a little bit more. I mean, I know more about Zemo than I do about Sharon Carter, to be very honest. Right. And I don't know how I feel about this version of Sharon Carter, but I think they're going somewhere with her where they probably before wouldn't have. So right. I'm feeling it. I was very happy with it. But the thing that made me like just scream in this episode was when they hit Madripoor. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I didn't even think Madripoor would look like that. In, 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 in my wildest dreams, when I pictured it, I never pictured it the way they executed it in this episode. No, exactly. And I have in my notes for today's show, <laughs> like I had, that was one of the moment, that scene when they're walking on that bridge and they give us the first, like the skyline, right, of, of Madripoor. I'm like, yes, that is Madripoor. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, that's wonderful. And then just them in Madripoor, I'm like, whoa! Like, Madripoor exists, right? It's an actual, real place. It's Did funny. it not feel like 
Gotham from the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher film. Maybe that was just me. It just like all the neon lights and the very bombastic architecture and like villains running amok everywhere you go. Mm. I was just like, I was so happy to see it. So happy, so happy. And I'm happy to see them explore it more across the MCU, you know? Like, I hope it's not just a thing that we see in this show, that we can see it, because Mad Report, obviously, in the comic books, especially as X-Men fans, we know it's a very important uh, little island. And I think it looks wonderful. Like, I was just so excited with how it looked. Well, I... So Kevin Feige said that they were finally able to use it because of the Fox X-Men deal and those rights coming back to Marvel. So I really do hope that now we'll see other locations like Latveria come in and very casually like that. Dude, they totally said goodbye to Sokovia, though. Did you notice that? They're like, (laughs) yeah, Sokovia, after what happened, the land just got divided up and it's no longer around. I'm like... What? <laughs> like, okay. And I like that at least Baron Simo kind of made comment about that, right? And even asked them at one point about like, you know, did you guys ever go to the, you know, there's like a tribute statue or something there? And they're like, he's like, of course not. Why would you guys go? You guys forgot about Sokovia. And I, well, like, okay. The people in this episode were fucking shady. Like when Sharon was like, hi, yeah, thanks. Remember me? Like I actually helped you guys out and then you forgot about me and the Avengers didn't take care of me. And now I'm in Mad Report, which by the way, let's talk about, sidebar the avengers not really taking care of anyone like they're not paying the team members and then people who help the avengers out they don't even get an assistance at all they don't even get amnesty someone like sharon carter doesn't even get amnesty like she has to go fucking to this island (laughs) and like live this outlaw life no, I know. And I actually I like that they're talking about that, right? Because it makes it be like real, right? They're, I think they're showing us like, look, we never told you we were paying them, right? And and so it's showing you how dirty and messy this universe is outside of what the movies make us believe, right? Like, oh, the heroes won the day. And then so then they, they get the praise. But obviously, and I would I'm, I'm dying to see what the Avengers movies are going to look like now you know after you know stark is dead and at least you know they weren't getting paid but they had room and board courtesy of stark right living in avengers tower you know although tony didn't pay them at least he covered their necessities in that kind of way they got wanda some cable (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah they did and so it's interesting to see how do they play this out down the road, right? You know, they, they got to think about that. They got to think about their retirement. Shit. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm happy with the world building they've done. It's, it's really, you know, I've, I've said this before. I said this to you in our previous episode. And, you know, I, my worry with these shows is that they can be skippable. And, and here's the only thing that I'm going to say about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I think has been great, and I loved WandaVision very much. My worry for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that this entire series, much like WandaVision, is going to culminate with him taking on the mantle of Captain America, which we did get at the end of Endgame. So my worry is, like, can you just watch Endgame and then pick up to the next movie that we're going to have Falcon as Captain America in, and you can trace the line, or do we think there are going to be major repercussions from the series that will carry over? 
That's a good question. I'm sorry. That's my Oprah question. (laughs) (laughs) It's my Oprah question for you. And I also, I think it also depends on the fan, I guess, right? It depends on the kind of uh, viewer that they're hitting at, right? That they're trying to get the targeting. Because, for example, if you're like a completist, right, and you or you care about character development, you might not want to skip that, right? And you oh, will want to watch the show to see how Sam uh, gets to that point, right? That he becomes confident and wants to be Captain America. You know, there might be people who don't need that, right? Like, it depends on what the overall stories are going to be, you know, moving forward. Because even right now with the MCU, like, you don't really need to see all the movies to get into Infinity War and Endgame, you know? That's a very great point, by the way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, there's a, like, there's a Iron Man 2. Like, you, do you really need to watch that one? Or Iron no, Man 3 to, to watch? Whiplash. <laughs> no, it's like, eh, but, right, if you're a completist and you care about these characters' individual lives... And it fits into a much larger narrative. I I think you just brought up the very valid point that negates what I kind of just said, which is (laughs) in in the best way possible that this all services a larger story. And if you're a completist, which I would wager 95% of the people watching these MCU movies, now TV shows, whether they're casual to diehard, they want to see the next chapter. And something like, these shows, which I agree with you, it is a character-driven series, which I love. I love my character-driven. So that's why I think WandaVision was so great. And that's why I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been so great so far. But you're right. People are tuning in because it's the next chapter and they want to see how it fits in. So, well, you proved me wrong on my show. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Um, do you think a show like this could survive without major anchors from the Captain America movie franchise like Steve or Peggy. And the reason why I ask this question, why I think in this episode is particularly, particularly important to, to think about is because his shadow is very much looming over this. And he's not dead. <laughs> Last time we saw him, he was just passing the shield off. He may have died off screen, but I don't think they would have killed him and they would not at least mention that he's dead on screen. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think they can, and I think, and honestly, I prefer it that way. I would really not want a uh, Steve Rogers cameo, you know, kind of the same way with um, WandaVision. Uh, you know, because honestly, like, come on, you know, Scarlet Witch, you know, and Vision were the ones who were like on the side in the Avengers movies, right? It was a it was a Tony Stark, Cap and Thor movies, those ones, right? And the Black Widow even to more de- of a degree. And so I think giving them space to shine to show because they're great characters and they're great actors playing these characters. I, I don't think we need any of these big heavy hitters uh, uh, to, to, to rain on their parade. And even like you're saying, because, yeah, because Cap is present. Like, they're talking about Captain America in every episode, right? And we don't need to see him, to, to have him help with the story. I Again, you have just made my opinion evolve now. You're absolutely right. No, yeah, yeah. Cap has had 10 years worth of movies telling his story. Now it really is time for Falcon and Winter Soldier and Sharon Carter to shine. And and I do agree on that. And, and I did say early on, I didn't want someone like Chris Evans coming to the show to eclipse those narratives. Yes. But I, you know, at the same time, I've just been like, they're talking about Cap so much. Like, 
where is he? Can you just say he's at a retirement home? You know, he's at a secret location or, oh, he died. Again, I don't think he would have died off screen. I, I highly doubt that. But it's, I, I wish they just wouldn't mention him so much because it is gearing your thoughts towards that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. It's like it, the not knowing where Chris Evans, Steve Rogers is right now. I think that's the key <laughs> thing, you know, but, but, but it, cause, but it is about the shield, you know? So it's like, it's, they can't not talk about Captain America because it's all around that. It's all around what happened to the shield. Sam gave it away. Now some other jerk has it. And so it's like, we're going to talk about Captain America in every single episode. <laughs> so final question before we do our episode recap, I, I'm going to ask you to put on your clown makeup. You know, there's there's a huge rumor that there is going to be a cameo. Oh, that's one of my figures who fell having. There's the huge rumor that there is going to be a cameo. Obviously, we had that with WandaVision. You kind of already answered it already, but I'm going to ask you, who do you think is going to be our surprise cameo? Damn, right? They've been rumoring that. I honestly don't know. We had Don Cheadle in the first episode. Was that it? <laughs> Well, like I feel I, like he was he was announced. He was announced. Yes, you're right. Damn, surprise cameo. I that's a very very good question. I I think you know that I guess to eat my own word. I think the surprise cameo might. Well, actually, I have now. Actually, I have two two answers. One, it could be I think Steve Rogers, old Steve Rogers, maybe. Yeah. Um, could be that. And and I think that would work narratively. Like with the story, that could work. Um, I don't want him to see Young come back and be like, no, you know what? I, I got the shield. Fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> no, but the other potential cameo that we might get, I'm thinking somebody from Wakanda. Oh, yeah. You know, especially yeah. with how episode three ended. Yeah. Yeah. Like sure, you're something like that. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Or yeah. Angela Bassett. Right. That right, actually right, right. would be. Or I don't I, know. How about Okoye come in, kick some ass, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay, yeah. I, you know, I'm skeptical of why Marvel or Disney does anything from a marketing publicity standpoint. So <laughs> I think they dropped Black Widow today. I'm thinking it would be Florence Pugh or maybe Scar Joe back from the dead. I don't think it'll be Scar Joe for, for the record. But I, I think maybe someone from Black Widow. But again, I mean, I thought I swore it was going to be Doctor Strange for... Uh, WandaVision and we got nothing. So, you know, it's fun to speculate. And I think you guys were mentioning this WandaVision. And I think to a lesser extent, a very lesser extent with Falcon, the winter soldier, people are tuning in and they're so engaged. And I think you said it's like watching lost again. And I think that's what these MCU movies or excuse me, TV shows are replicating. They brought back Friday nights because I'm ordering pizza and I'm sitting down and I'm watching Falcon, the winter soldier. No, exactly. So that's that's so first of all, because I love that, too, that that they've chosen to do the weekly release, right, rather than doing a whole drop, because, yeah, it was fun to binge. But I, I, I like especially I think in pandemic times to get like an episode a week can have like a reason for next week to like survive in this pandemic until then. And, you know, and, and, and it also allows us, like, for example, with this, right, with these shows, right, to to talk about every episode and dissect it and really think about the theories and it's been a while i think since shows have really done that you know where you're like wait what's gonna happen what's next what does that mean 
Well, Disney totally gave the finger to Netflix, who invented the binge model and having you know their own streaming service. Now they have their own streaming service and they're doing a different approach to it and it's successful. And there have been articles about this where they're like, oh, you, there's nothing wrong with the way TV shows are coming out now once a week. You just forgot what it was like to watch a television show weekly and let that plot marinate. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, to, and, and to the credit of the genre, The Boys was doing that first. They were doing it first before WandaVision and, and, and Falcon the Winter Soldier. It keeps the conversation going with these shows and the publicity. It's free publicity. Exactly. No, exactly. And I think, and I think with The Boys, I don't remember correctly if season one was all of it was dropped at the same time or not but at least i know amazon what they do is that they drop three episodes at the beginning so they give you a little bit of that about the binge worthiness and then you know then if you're hooked then you'll watch every episode a week so i kind of like that too obviously it wouldn't work with shows like the falcon winter soldier which are six episodes apparently right and so if they would have dropped three it's like oh well we got three left i I don't want that you know but yeah exactly and DC, I mean, also to give credit to DC, because we don't hate DC here at all. They, with Titans, they did the weekly release and with Doom Patrol and the Harley Quinn uh, cartoon. I just, for whatever reason, it didn't work with Titans. I don't know if maybe it's the way Titans was shot, where it just felt a little bit more like, I just want to go through this to see this larger you know, story play out. But for whatever reason, it works really well with WandaVision and the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, the weekly look, schedule release. Look, no hate for DC. I'm a DC fan. I love DC, but I think it's not about the release. I think it's just the content. It's not that good of a show. I think Titan season one, I loved it. I thought it was a great show. Titan season two, not so good. And 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 I do think if I would have binged it, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But like, because after every episode, when it ended, I was like, I, I don't care what happens next week. Yeah, like, I you're just, right. Other than like, I see like they introduced wonderful characters with awesome, um, what must you say, wardrobe, you know, the, mm-hmm. the their look was dope as fuck. Nightwing looks incredible. And so I'm like, I, all right, I'm watching it to see that, you know, but story wise, it wasn't that, you know, so I don't know, but on the but for example, Harley Quinn. I think I, I do. I like their story. I do watch, but it's a different kind of show. Swamp Thing or Doom Patrol. I think worked. I think watching them every other week when they were coming out, like that that, that kind of way. I didn't watch Swamp Thing. Was it good? Yes. I mean, everyone yes. loved it. Everyone loved it. No, I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. It was surprisingly good. Uh, uh, That's what everyone says. Yeah, no, because you're not expecting it to be like that good. And and then and then I think there's a, quite a bit of gore in it, which is surprising. And it's got this horror element to it. So I do recommend it. Watch it. It's, it's a fun show. It. All, right. All right. And speaking of fun shows, why don't we recap this week's episode of Falcon the Winter Soldier? And I think you're going to kick us off. All right. Yes. So see, this is episode three, right? And so we're starting off. And it starts with a commercial, right? Which is, that's just cool in and of itself, which is from this ad uh, for this. I forgot the name, but it's this, the organization that's supposed to help those people who are displaced, right? Because that's another thing I love about this show, right? That they're really diving in hard. They kind of did with WandaVision, but more so this about like, all right, people were half of Earth was blipped out of existence. And then they came back five years later. 
there's yeah. real repercussions to that, right? And so, because people are being displaced um, and all that kind of stuff, and there's this ad for this organization that's trying to help. I was confused by it. It said something like, "You're we're going to help you become patriots again. Like, it was something like that. And I was like, so... And I was talking about this with my husband. So if you were blipped away and you came back, I guess that means your social security was deemed dead. So now you have to go through the process of reestablishing your citizenship and your patriotism to whatever country you're from. I That, that was an interesting angle. I did not expect. Yeah, no, because imagine like once you're dead, your social security number is classified as dead. And then all everything that's attached to that, your credit history, especially like in countries like in the US, the credits, like everything, it gets erased. I'm sure it'll be a bureaucratic hell to try to connect it all back. And now if you think of different countries, it's 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 going to be a mess. Yeah, so we get yeah. that cool commercial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel, for that. <laughs> but I think it's trying, which I, that was cool because we haven't seen the commercial since WandaVision, right? So it's like, oh, oh I, I wonder how is it going to relate to the bigger story, right? Because at least we're seeing from the story, right, with the Flag Smashers, that it seems like this organization isn't doing everything it's supposed to do, right? Because yeah, the Flag right. Smashers are supposed to help our, those who have been displaced and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then right after the ad, then we get our basically the, our only time in the episode with uh, uh, John Walker, uh, US, Captain America, but we know him as U.S. agent with Battle, Battlestar uh, infiltrating the this spot in Munich where from the last episode we saw the Flag Smashers were in, uh, which is a cool scene, you know, with them interrogating them. What I liked about that scene and we start to see that U.S. agent can be a little unhinged, right? Because we yeah. get this guy, uh, one of the people who are harboring, har- harboring, como siga, whatever the word is, uh, the the group. He spit on his face, <laughs> his face, <laughs> and he kind of, kind of let loose a little bit. I was thinking he was gonna punch him, but he kind of he held back. And, and, and so we just get that first starting scene about you know they're trying to find out like more information about this and where things go from there. And then that's when we move on to then. Bucky and and Sam that they, they decided they have to go see Baron Simo because they're his Hydra connection to the super serum, uh, super soldier serum, and which is one of my favorite scenes of the episode where you know Bucky convinces Sam that I'm gonna go see Baron Simo by myself, and then when that happens, first of all, that scene between Bucky and Baron Simo just meeting, I love how Baron starts off giving him the code again. I know. Like just seeing Bucky's face and then Baron Simo kind of going, I just wanted to see you. <laughs> like it's ah wonderful. He's almost like we were talking about yin and yangs in AVX. I felt like these two were yin and yangs, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I, even I love, cause Baron Simo, I think we're seeing that he does, he is a very smart person. Cause at some point, you know, he tells him after he gives him the numbers, you know, I mean the, the code words to unlock winter soldier, he tells him, he looks at him in the eye and tells him, there's still a little bit of that in you, you know, which know. we know that had to fuck with Bucky's head. You yeah. know, he, he didn't move. He didn't do anything. But with the trauma that he's going through, I'm sure he's afraid. He's worried. Not only like the fuck. trauma, but he's trying to make amends, <laughs> you know, like oh. he's trying so hard. Can you imagine you've been working? No, no, you cease to exist. You come back, you see a therapist, you're trying to work on all your baggage. And then some douchebag who was framing you from years prior is like, yeah, it's still there. Like, oh my God. Oh, like he knew the same, he knew what to say to him. Mm-hmm. 
which which then the only thing is that makes the next scene a little bit surprising which but i'm i'm gonna be with mcu with how bucky's all on board from the get-go to like we have to free baron simo to help us with all this which is and i'm glad i'd like that they address kind of these very in your face moments because sam does tell him how are you okay with this you know he framed you for killing king tachaka you know and there was a movie about this right like how are you okay with this? And so that's the only thing I'm a little bit iffy about. But in the in the show, then that leads to a really fun scene when then Bucky meets up with Sam, which I'm thinking they're doing this very awesome buddy cop, like very lethal weapon kind of, oh, yeah. you know, relationship with, you know, obviously Bucky is the white, you know, unhinged kind of cop. And Sam's a little bit more by the books, right? Um and, and explaining to him about like, well, how do we, you know, what if we were to get him out, it would go something like this. And while we're seeing it, right, it's actually what happened with Simo escaping uh, their prison, and which is a very fun action packed scene. Oh, it's so great. Which then leads to Simo <laughs> meeting with up with them. And it's just wonderful banter, which very classic MCU of awesome action and, and banter between them. That leads to convincing Sam, right? To, to, okay, we will do this. You know, we will work together uh, uh, for now, you know, which is okay. I, 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 I'm buying how Sam was convinced. I'm still not with it. How Bucky's completely on board. What do you think of that? I, you know, I think they just want to get to the bottom of everything. And I, it's funny. I actually thought Sam had more of like the larger issue. Zemo can get under Bucky's skin. And I think, I think Bucky was prepared to deal with it on his own, but it, there's one thing to prepare and then another to have someone kind of come in and like really rock your world, as we were just saying, like, and throw him off course. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But like, sure. You know, I, Zemo is apparently rich, so he's a necessity as, as we will find out, you know, like <laughs> he's a necessity. So I'm sure they're all like, okay, Sure. Give us some yeah. classic cars, you know? <laughs> exactly. And and that's what I love about also the scene because it's like we love these actors. They're doing a good yeah. job and I'm with it and I'm 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 rolling. It's a layered it. it's a layered performance. It's, it's a layered oh, performance. Yes, exactly. It's such a wonderful layered performance. And what I love about this, though, I, I did note note this that then when this scene basically ends, then the title you know comes on. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh okay. So the show just started. You know, it's ten minutes in, and this is all we got already from the beginning. It's like I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm like yeah, this is this is how the show starts. Okay. And then that's when it leads. Oh, but but in that scene when you know Simo is picking stuff up from a car you know he gets the mask the classic purple Baron Simo mask which I was like fuck yes I want to see this so I'm a little we'll, we'll talk about this but I was a little confused like was it just hanging in the back seat like did I miss something like he's here like oh there it is <laughs> like he just puts it in his <laughs> sure okay yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't miss a point there. I'm I'm fine to roll with it. Yeah, I guess it's like it's his stuff, right? It's his <laughs> old vehicles, and he left. He's like, that's where I left. Oh, it. there it is. <laughs> Wonderful. He's like, I was looking for you all of Civil War. <laughs> Damn it, it was in this car. I I forgot. <laughs> it's like shit. A mo- movies later, dude. That fucking read right now. That has to be one of the saltiest reads we've ever had on this. <laughs> I was looking for it during Civil War. There it is. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just kind of thrown off by that. Like, did it belong? Yeah. To, is it a family heirloom? 
I don't know. Like, yeah, let's let's know. hope they explain it a little bit, right? <laughs> Just a little yeah. bit. But as a fan of the books and fan of Sarah Berenstein's or OG look, I'm like, okay, I'm with it. Yeah, and- I'm I'm 100. Just grab it. Just put it in your man purse and like, let's go. <laughs> And then now this is when it leads to the scene we were talking about, you know, well, no, first then they're on this jet plane, you know, where, where we find out, yeah, like he's like, my, I'm a baron, I got money, you know, and, and which is cool, but I'm loving. And then with the fur fucking coat kind of thing that he's wearing, which Baron Simo is a larger than life kind of character, you know, and I like that in the show now they're really starting to show these elements of him. And, you know, and then they're on the plane, which they're heading then at that point to Madripoor. And then on the plane, they're just having this banter back and forth about, you know, why they need to do this. Why do they need to go to Madripoor to get some information about the superhero uh, 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 serum? And and it's a fun conversation. You know, I think the some of the best things of that conversation was the jokes about Troublemaker by Marvin Gaye, that Sam was surprised that Bucky didn't like it. <laughs> But Baron Simo had a very appropriate appreciation of the song and gets it. And like, and like Sam's like, he's out of line, but he's not wrong though. <laughs> like, shit. And it's like that's the classic Marvel humor that I think you know keeps us engaged and loving these characters. No, I literally laughed out loud when Baron Simo went to his butler, like, give it the smell test, and if it smells bad, <laughs> give it to them. <laughs> like, I thought that was hysterical. Love and he, and Marvin Gaye is also a musician that comes up quite a bit in the MCU. He's of course in Guardians of the Galaxy One. Right. You know, ain't no mountain high enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I agree with you. It was. I feel that Falcon the Winter Soldier feels like an MCU movie, where WandaVision had great budgets, great quality. That's not even you know up for debate. It just did feel like its own thing. But this feels like the MCU we've known yes. for a while you know exactly and i wonder if they end up doing that right they, they do like one experiment one classic one experiment one yeah. classic right yeah. they're getting they're 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 getting their feet wet with mm-hmm. how they're gonna be you know telling these stories and i'm fine with it you know do, play it safe for one do something radical with the other i'm okay exactly and like and i've been saying i trust kevin feige <laughs> like do whatever you want, man. I'm <laughs> Do whatever you want. Purchase the shit out of that and watch it probably <laughs> more than once. Um, but then this leads to them epically going to Madripoor. And God damn, we see Madripoor. And and even that first scene with them getting into the car and driving into Madripoor even reminded me a little bit of uh, Black Panther, of that scene with when with the, when it has the weekend song in the back and they're infil- infiltrating this CD. Uh, a casino thing oh, you know yeah. it, it gave me vibes of that you know which, oh you're absolutely right and then when we're seeing that so this is stuff actually i i, I googled I, I would love to know if you knew this you know because they're saying that they're gonna go speak to selby right that selby is this person that that uh baron simon knows that will be able to have information about the superhero soldier uh uh, uh, uh serum super super soldier serum mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm like, I don't know, is Selby important? Anything? So I Googled Selby, and apparently Selby is a character that came out like once in an issue <laughs> of Excalibur. In 104 of Excalibur, uh, that she was actually a part of the Mutant Liberation Front. Oh, interesting. So- I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Hang on. No, just because I always hear when I hear them mentioning a the name oh, yeah. quite a bit, I'm like, do I 
is this important for some reason? Espe- important. Especially because, which we'll talk about soon, is then she gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's done. But it made me wonder. And then Googling that is like, oh, okay, you know. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing Selby here. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought the spelling was different because I watched it with the subtitles. But yeah, I mean... I mean, even when they gave Falcon the moniker, like the the fake name, that's a character from the comics. So I, I'm right there with you. Like the, we're already trained as MCU stands to know when they say something like there's some, like, here's a secret identity. Oh, but who is that really? So absolutely, <laughs> exactly. absolutely. And I do feel like they're leaning more and more into some of this X-Men heavy lore, you know, like oh. with WandaVision, we saw them starting to tell us a little bit more uh, like hinting things that for us gets us excited that didn't pan out to anything but obviously mad report i think is the biggest biggest one you know which you know as it was just to confirm like a google like a debut in new mutants number 32 you know yeah. so it, it, come on you know and wolverine had a wonderful stint in the in fucking mad report as patch, patch right <laughs> patch. <laughs> <With that. You laughs> know. Like I wonder, like, come on, they see you heal. Like, why are you wearing an eye? Like, come on, like, they're not fooling anybody. (laughs) But, but like, you know, that's I don't know. So that's why I like I had to Google that. This is the one moment from this show that I'm like, all right, let me put in my 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 aluminum hat and kind of like start because there was so much that they threw in there. Yeah. Yep. 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 But like, as you were saying, yeah, in that scene when they're walking in, they have to go into these different characters, right? You know, Baron Zemo is very Baron Zemo. Winter Soldier supposed to be Winter Soldier, right? And they give um, uh, Sam the smiling tiger uh, persona, right? Also, which in terms of the race and, and, and those kinds of issues that they're addressing, I really loved this oh, one so line that, you know, because Sam's like, why do I look like a pimp? And then Baron Simo tells him only an American would think that a black man with a fashion forward wearing suit would be a pimp. That was like, a beautiful line. I was like, bravo. Clap back right there. <laughs> Wait, and, and you know what else from that scene that I love too is that he looks at the ID and goes, oh, you know what? I do look like him. And they were very smart to do that, to yes. say that because yes. – some people would have just been like, whoa, wait, that's a problematic statement to be like, oh, let me get this uh, person of color who looks like this other person of color. It had to come from Sam. And Sam was like, yeah, I, I actually do look like him. And I thought that was very smart writing that oh, they exactly. tackled that. Exactly. That's a very good point, because I was wondering that if they were going to go with the uh, exactly, oh, just because I'm black, like I'll, I'll be yeah. this character. But like, exactly. I'm glad to see Sam saying, oh, yeah, OK, look, because like that's that's historically a horrible, problematic thing and that horrible expression that people say and i'm glad that they tackled it and they 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 it came from sam proper yes exactly so eh, marvel's doing a good job marvel thank you right and so as they're doing this another one little other x-men little (gasps) nod easter egg right is as soon as they're walking in right they're in mad report they're walking through this awesome uh, uh street with bars and shit we see on the side a bar called the Prince's Bar. Yes. It's like, wait, what now? And so for those listeners out there, the Prince's Bar was a bar that Wolverine, Patch specifically, right? Wolverine yeah. loved that when he, in, during his, uh, his time in, in Madripoor. And it was involved in those uh, stories, which I haven't read actually completely. But it's like, are, are you kidding me? Like, they're, yeah. 
you, that's for us. For they us. fucking went there. I mean, the the amount of X Men references we have gotten in a few months with Quicksilver dressed up as the Brotherhood Quicksilver oh, yes. with Madripoor with the Princess Bar. Like, look, I'm not expecting Hugh Jackman to be like the bus boy with like an eye patch. You know what I mean? Like, it's like there he is. But they they went there, and I'm glad they did. They're using these locations, and I think that's Kevin Feige giving us a little wink to those who know. Mm-hmm. No, and I love that's good fan service, right? Because obviously, I don't think it's gonna matter for the story. Like you know, no. it's not gonna do it, it. But he's they're doing it because they know, like they it know that been any bar they chose the princess bar, bar. Any, any bar. bar. Oh my god! So that's awesome. And then we get this awesome scene that follows with them walking into the bar, playing their part. You know, uh, we're trying for uh, to get in touch with Selby to see see her, and and what I love about this whole scene, right, is that Sam is a terrible actor. Like I I, I love that like Winter Soldier, he's very much in his role as Winter Soldier. Baron Seam was himself, right, but then <laughs> Sam is just not pulling it off as the smiling tiger, and especially that this really funny scene of just him having to drink this snake thing. Right? Oh yeah, like I didn't. Wh- Shit. What was that? I don't even know. I didn't have time to Google it. But first of all, my face would crack too. Because that's fucking <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. But And I kept thinking, like, the, the reaction I was having as an audience member, I'm like, Sam, you just have to go with it. They're not, he's not going to drink, Smiling Tiger is not going to drink something poisonous. So you just have to do it. But then I was like, shit, can you imagine if you down something like that and your knee-jerk reactions to, like, vomit? Like, <laughs> I thought he was going to vomit or something like that. But it was such a, they went there. Madripoor felt like a character mm-hmm. just like how like in sex in the city you know new york is like the fifth character on that show Madripoor was a character in this episode i walked away thinking like that place is fucked up no exactly and that's that's what i was saying earlier like i really do hope that they visit Madripoor more right it kind of like along the same lines when they introduced us to wakanda and it's like fuck like Wakanda's real and i want to know more about this and i want to visit with Madripoor. i get that feel too it's like no Madripoor's fucking dope like this is a real place <laughs> like yeah like, i want to see what shit happens here you know <laughs> when shit is going down yeah and then from this scene now we move forward with what I loved with, you know, Baron Seam was not welcome here. And then it leads to him telling the Winter Soldier, like, attack. And he went, you know, Bucky has to pretend, which he didn't, you know, he did it easily and started to whoop ass and then just start beating up a bunch of the, the people there who were getting in the way, which was a fun action scene, but obviously then leads to them getting Selby's attention, right? Yeah. So all of that was fun. Just seeing Sam struggling with like not wanting to interact, not being involved, Winter Soldier letting loose without really killing people, but like letting loose. I I just love the dynamic across the three of them and how that leads to then meeting Selby. Yeah. Yeah. And as they're walking, right, to go see Selby, I thought it was random. You know, as they're walking in, there's this random scene with music by Edith uh, Edith, uh, Piaf. She's a French. uh, Oh, I know. I saw her. They did an off, like, I I was going to say off Broadway. There was a play in Miami about her life. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I felt that was random. Like, also, like, and then this is the obviously the the comic book, like, paranoid person I am. It's like, I immediately. (laughs) 
like told Google, listen to the song. What is this? Does it mean anything? I don't think it does. I don't know. It's, it's called no, the little, I didn't. Yeah, the little man is called the song that they're playing. But maybe it's about Baron Zemo and his ego. <laughs> probably, probably. But then it leads to this discussion with with Selby uh, uh, about like you know the idea is like she knows uh, asking him asking her about where's the super soldier serum being developed, mm-hmm. and she 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 knows she gives that information. The whole selling point is that she, uh, Baron Seema is going to give her, give her the Winter Soldier, uh, which is cool. You know, she's he's like, I'll give you obviously the code to unlock him and use him. <laughs> it's like that was kind of fun to watch. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then it leads to Sam fucking up because he doesn't know how to put his phone on silent. Oh, no. Right? This scene was so good. Yeah. Like, come on. Even like his phone's vibrating as hell. Like, and even it's like loud vibrating too. It's like, really shit. Like, how are you all <laughs> hearing this? And then it ends up being his uh, sister calling, uh, which leads to this awesome scene of him trying to stay in character. And as I've said, you know, he's not a good actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie is a wonderful actor. <laughs> he's so wonderful. He can balance so much. I yeah. mean, really, he chewed the scene. Yes, yes. And so with that back and forth selby gets suspicious asks him to you know let's listen to this on on um you know speakerphone and then the you know is talking to his sister and then his sister eventually says his name which then leads to all hell breaking loose you know selby's like kill them she gets killed immediately and then they're able to escape they walk out which for me gave me and i what the next scene was i love it gave me very john wick kind of mm-hmm. a feel because as soon as Selby was killed immediately a bounty went out on their head it was like immediate like all the phones just started blowing up right, right like right. it was great right and so that's my part right those are the, that was the first 25 minutes of the show I can't believe it, man. Like, yeah, no. And so immediately picking up from there, you know, the bounty is out on them. It's blowing up every like bounty hunters, like phone. And like, they're walking through the streets and some chick just starts going pew, pew, pew to them, you know, which, <laughs> right. is, which is hysterical. And then like fucking out of the blue, Sharon Carter, like emerges from the shadows and she like takes off her hoodie and she's here like, Yo, like there is a bounty on all of you. And also, fuck you. Fuck both of you because I helped you out during Civil War. I got Cap's shield. I got Falcon's wings. So you can help this asshole who framed (laughs) you. And now my life is shit. I did not get blipped away. I had to stay here. She doesn't say she didn't get blipped away, but I'm assuming she didn't get blipped away. She's here like, my own father doesn't know where I'm at. It was horrible. I love that scene because again, it, it's adding this real. It, it's make it make it's making me feel that the other movies matter, right? Mm-hmm. That what happened to those movies are real things to real people, and it's just and, and I love how she didn't hold back exactly as soon as she sees them. She's like, you know, oh, and like lets them know. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry, and and Falcon's like, hey, you know, I was on the run, and she slaps him down. She goes, was and is are two very different things. I was like, oh, that was dope. Yeah, man. So she's here like, all right, you guys can come back to my place, and they like go on in her, was it a Mercedes-Benz that she got into? Whatever car she got into. And they're going back to her lair, and like the second she walks into her headquarters, she's like, what's up, to her bodyguards? (laughs) 
which was brilliant, which was so wonderful. And she's here like, yeah, I'm selling stolen art. And they're like, this isn't stolen. And they're like, oh, no, this is like the real deal. Like the shit you see in museums is fake. Like Sharon's got the real stuff. And she talks about, you know, if she was going to be a hustler, she wants to live that hustler existence. So, you know, kudos to her. She makes a boy's change. (laughs) (laughs) into like respectable looks there and their mission now is to go track down the scientist which i'm forgetting his name what was his name uh nigel dr nigel um who is in like a crate (laughs) at a madripoor dock and the scene was played out pretty interesting because she leads the three boys zemo falcon and Bucky to that specific crate. And she's like, I'm going to go watch your back. And then like leaves. I'm like, is Sharon double crossing them? I know. Right. I thought the same thing. It, it made me feel a little bit sketchy about like, wait, what you're it, Cause it seems she was walking too far away. It was like, wait, what, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, is she really upset that she didn't get that adventures protection or protection plan that, you know, I I don't know. It it, it was played on a very curious way, but of course, you know, they find that actually there's a hidden wall within the crate. They find a hidden crate, you know, excuse me. They find a hidden room within the crate and they go in and they find Dr. Nigel And we find out that he's been harvesting Isaiah Bradley's blood to make the budget version of a super, uh, super soldier serum. And that Carly stole it. And Carly's of course our flag smasher leader who's been on the run. And it's a really interesting scene because he talks about, and this is, and I'm curious for your input as someone who is a man of science, he was here. Like I started my research And then I blipped away and then I came back five years later and I found out that my research had been defunded and now I had to start it up again. No, I love that comment because it felt also real, right? That that it seemed that obviously probably at the time, five years before all that, before the blip, Mm -hmm. probably the research that he was doing was probably not the most ethical well no it wasn't ethical at all at all because he knows that the specimens were coming from uh isaiah bradley probably against his mm-hmm. will and and but he was funded to do it right and then come back five years later the world changed a lot right so maybe at that point they decided no we don't want to do this fucked up shit like i i don't know why what happened but it's him as a man of science he's like well i, I really like this work i want to keep doing <laughs> It, and and he found people to fund them to do it, you know. And as a scientist, I go where the money's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a stark contrast to something like what we have in the X Men books right now, where they're in Sword. They talk about mutant science being in perpetuity because now you can age, resurrect yourself, and continue your work. So your your study could go on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I was shocked that this guy was like, I blipped away and I came back and everything was like done. So Yato Savis, um, Zemo is like feeling under the desk because he is a shady fucker and Love he grabs that. a gun. Meanwhile, outside, Sharon is taking on every single bounty hunter in Madripoor <laughs> that has spotted them and is coming after them. And 
And that's when you realize, oh, Sharon was just getting them to where they needed to be. She is the muscle for this team. And she is taking on all these bounty hunters. And yo, man, like I thought like, I was like, Sharon Carter, you are savage as fuck. Like this one dude starts shooting at her and she uses the other dude as a shield. I know that's a classic like trope with it, but to see Sharon Carter do that, I was like, yes, I am here for it. And and that is one thing that I've been loving about this show a lot that we talked about this in our in our Legion on Zoom episode when we uh, the recent one about uh, these last two episodes of Winter Soldier and Falcon that I do think this is the first time we've seen Marvel really go more violent, no? And they're actually killing yeah. people. Like, they really didn't do that before. And people died that you would think it was, like, off-screen, you know? Not, But now we're seeing it firsthand. Like, even from the first episode, like, Falcon is straight-up killing people. Like, he's kicking yeah. them off of a helicopter, slamming them against the boulder and falling to their death, you know? And now in this scene, like, uh, 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 Sharon is straight-up killing people. You, they're using... She's using them as shields. She's shooting at them. And and I don't think we've really seen it to that level uh, in the Marvel movies. And and I, I I love that. And which I hope it means that they're willing to go a little bit more dark, make an R-rated movie. Right? They they got the rights of Deadpool. Like let's keep it because this is it's come on. Like this is a spy, secret agent, super soldier type of thing. You're 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 gonna have people die. <laughs> you know, like well- you can't. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's actually when I first started seeing the first episode, I was like, Falcon just straight up killed that guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they weren't afraid to go there, and then they don't talk about it. Here's where I'm going to be Team DC on this. Like, fucking Superman snaps someone's neck, and, like, all of fandom is in an uproar. Like, what about (laughs) Metropolis? Everything. And, like, here are these characters, like, killing everyone, and it's it's fine. Like, I, I personally don't care either way. But I think it's interesting that Marvel can get away with it in a very subtle way and no one really questions it but well i i no i think the counter argue my counterpoint is that the difference is that because well sam wilson nobody really cares and and in the mcu and i think in the comic books too because in the mcu i think he was part of shield or the army at some point you know and winter soldier we know he's a fucking hydra used to be a hydra agent you know and and so we expect that they did that. That's the same thing with Black Widow and same thing with Hawkeye. Uh, but the, the issue comes with characters like Superman or Batman, who their whole thing is not to kill, you know? So yeah. if we were to see Steve Rogers, Chris Evan kill somebody straight up, I do think at that point, Pete, the fans would have had the same uproar as 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 they did for the DC movies. Because come on, Zack Snyder went like completely didn't give a fuck, like just destroyed you know fucking metropolis like that's the whole that's how batman versus superman even starts with <laughs> batman freaking out about how everybody's dying around him and superman doesn't care yeah no you're you're absolutely 100 right so you know we find out that carly has the superhero superhero the super the soldier super soldier serum thank you <laughs> And, you know, then fucking Zemo, like, shoots Dr. Nigel, and that's it. Sharon comes in, she's here, like, that's it. Like, I can't hold off these bounty hunters anymore. They torch the lab, and they they start to flee. And Sharon is like, you know what, guys? I'm actually going to stay here. And Falcon's like, I'm going to try to get you that part. And she's like, uh-huh, thanks. 
And then she just walks away and she goes to a car where she has a driver. I mean, it's, I I was kind of thrown off by it. I wasn't, I knew she was being duplicitous. I knew for a fact that there was something else going on with Sharon, but then she gets in the back seat of the car and you know, her driver's like, yeah, let's, let's go reconvene. (laughs) And I don't know, like, was she supposed to be, is she supposed to be the big bad for the series? No. You don't think she may be power broker? Oh my God. (laughs) You just blew my mind. I I don't think so though. That would be dope that's and by the way that wasn't my immediate reaction i just saw like on twitter and comments and and other videos where they they were like oh sharon is power broker and i was like okay that makes sense oh my god that would be that i i didn't even actually give me a second the process (laughs) (laughs) wait no but for me because i was i wasn't that surprised actually even with your comment earlier about like that she wasn't blipped out of existence and I think for me, it made sense because one, she lives in Hightown. They made that known, right? They went to Lowtown and then they went to Hightown. For those of You're you right. who don't know Madripoor, that's a division. And Hightown is what it sounds like. That's where all the rich people live. And and if you're reading the current amazing Krakoa run, right? The Dawn of X, Reign of mm-hmm. X run, right? The, which is led. Hightown is like the fucking little Hellfire Club kids. <laughs> Running it with with Madame Zhao from uh, the Daredevil uh, series, yeah. actually she's involved. Yeah, and uh, she lives in Hightown. And and as we see when she shows up, like you said, she has guards. She has money, right? Okay. And she's selling all this art. And 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 so I'm assuming after five years living on the run and living in Madripoor, she's amassed wealth. And I didn't find it surprising that she told her um, driver and bodyguard, like, I'm gonna go do this thing. Uh, uh, just be ready to pick me up about an hour. It'll take me. You know, okay. Like, you know, I just, that's what I thought. I just, it was such a weird beat in the story because they were established that she's wealthy and she's living the, this high life, which by the way, in, in the back of my head, I kind of knew, but you just connected it for me so beautifully with that explanation. <laughs> but I just, it felt like a weird beat. It feels like she is pulling much larger strings. And I just think of it from a narrative perspective. If power broker is watching, who is power broker and, 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 and what's going on. And, and that's me being a, a clown and listening to other clowns and, and feasting off of that. But so it ends with them. Oh, go, go, go. I'm sorry. No, but I, I love that. Right. Cause I think it still could work, right. That she is power broker, which would be a, a, an interesting uh, twist to her. And, and, and I think it's also because my only thing is right now, Power Broker is pissed off as from what we've seen, right, about like that the Super Soldier Serum has been um, uh, stolen. Oh, actually, which I wanted to ask you. So before we move on, it's like so there was that one scene, though, which tell me how this fits into the Power Broker theory that when she brought them to her um, apartment mm-hmm. uh, and then forced them all to change. I really take them the partying. <laughs> take them partying. Yeah. And I love the dialogue between them where Sharon really starts to tell us. Oh, actually, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you might be right. <laughs> I usually she, am. <laughs> that she's salty, right? About everything that's happened. And she's like giving crap to Sam about like deep down, you know, this who superhero shit is bullshit you know that yeah. it's not true and baron responds quickly like 
oh, he knows that it is not that deep down. He it's kind of he gets it that it's bullshit. And Bucky kind of says a comment and then Sharon's like, oh, shut up. You were like all about that life. You know, before this, you were Captain America sidekick, you know. And so you can tell that Sharon hates superheroes. Right. And she hates the idea of all of this stuff. And that's her motivations with kind of links into Sparing Simos. So how does that connect or not to the idea of her being power broker? Yeah, no. Well, so first of all, I think we, we have a misdirect with Power Broker. We know that Zemo hasn't met Power Broker, right? I think that was right. established in the episode. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. They, they were using the, the he, him pronouns for Power Broker. Yes, they so were. So I yeah. think maybe thematically it's a misdirect. My thing with Sharon Ooh. in those specific scenes, though, there was like some information there, like especially with uh, Falcon receiving the shield, how did she know that if she's off the grid in Madripoor and she's not connected? So she's obviously sourcing information. Yeah, see, thank you. <laughs> and no one questions Alone that. away. Because okay. that's we know that's not public information. We know, well, maybe. Well, but the only thing Wait, is she it, was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, right? So it's not, she's not just a random person, right? No, she's she's right. the daughter of the founder of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So... You would think information like that, right? Also about, because she said, well, Sharon's dead by that point. I mean, uh, Peggy's dead by that point, right? Yeah. Because she said her father doesn't know where I am. Yeah. And and her mother, Peggy. No, died. no, no. Peggy's her aunt, her great aunt. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, the I don't know. I feel like she's got fucking shield no, royalty no, family no. that could give her that you. information. But she could be using that to her advantage as power totally. broker. You know what I mean? But then here's the thing, though. But also, like, what I just said would it's kind of negated by the fact that, like, Sam publicly relinquished the shield to the Smithsonian. There you but go. Th- yeah, but then right. that would also imply, though, that the public knows that Falcon was supposed to be the next Captain America. And then the U.S. government gave it to a white guy. So I don't know why there wouldn't be more of an outrage then. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I feel Sharon was being fishy in this episode. That's all I'm saying. I like it. That's it. it. So whether she just turns out to have her own agenda on the side or something like, I just got like, oh, is she going to be unveiled? And do we finally have our answer as to who Power Broker is? Because I thought like up until that point, I was like, oh, it was the bartender. It was the bartender. It was the bartender. That's who Power Broker is right there, you know? But I don't think we're going to get like a random character you know who's gonna be like i'm power broker i i think it's gonna be someone we've already seen if it's a good Ah, mystery my only thing about with sharon which is exactly it's a good mystery and i'm like this is this is this is why we love the weeklies right rather than (laughs) freaking uh binge uh series my only thing about the power broker with uh sharon being uh him her Mm -hmm. that um sharon made it pretty obvious that she doesn't like superheroes but the power broker is all about it because the power broker is funding the research to make more super soldiers, right? So then why would Sharon, unless she lied to them about it, right? Because like, why I would she be? No, I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it's, we'll see where it ends up. But, you know, I think the Flag Smashers, first of all, I had never heard of them until this very series you know i'm not gonna be like yeah the flag smash or flag smasher was a character um 
I'm still like unsure of their structure and everything. So, you know, Carly, you know, invades those people who are placing people during the blip, ties them up and then blows up their facility because they had six months worth of supplies. I don't know why she's so evil. Great. You know, have at it. You know what? I maybe, maybe real estate was cheaper, you know, after the blip and now like people need a place to live. So real estate's going up. I don't know why she's so angry. I can't wait to really see those motives fleshed out, but we do end the episode with, uh, I was going to say Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackey with Sam <laughs> and winter soldier going to mm-hmm. Latvia and Sebastian Stan being like, wait, I recognize this tech. And, you know, he, he goes away from the group and he follows like all these little texts uh, that have been like, I guess, plaguing them. Like he's noticed that someone's following them and he traces them back to Ayo from the Dora Malaji. And Ayo's like, I want Zemo because of course, everything that happened in Civil War and scene right and that here's the- blew me away because even in that moment when he's picking up because like when i saw he, she's he's picking up those little beads which yeah. are those famous wakandan beads that like we saw in the black panther movie where like it gives you tech and that kind of stuff is like you you picked it up immediately once you saw it i didn't i i forgot about it well i was honestly i we had recorded our legion on zoom episode for this week and i hadn't finished the episode but chess spoiled <laughs> that for me and so oh, for me, when I saw it, it was like, OK, I, I knew yeah. what it was, you know, I, I didn't pick it up. I, I might have. I don't know. But, you know, but so it's like that's fucking dope. Like the little oh, subtle that. details like that. Like, Jesus. Well, and here's the thing. This is why I think that ending works so well. It was a genuine surprise. It was completely left field. It was not leaked at all. Madripoor had been leaked for a while. I mean, people were saying Madripoor was going to show up. Princess Bar was not in it. And mm. Ao being in it, I was just like, fuck, yeah. And and you know shit gets real when Wakanda is involved because presumably oh. they're one of the wealthiest nations in 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 the MCU, you know, in yep. this in this fictional version of our world. So I, how is it going to play? Are we going to get, as we were just saying, are we going to get Shuri? Are we going to get Angela Bassett? You know, her, her queen. I, I'm curious to see where it's going. I would love it. Obviously it's not going to happen if we got T'Challa himself. And, and that just, that makes a sting of Chadwick and his passing so much, you know, more harder to cope with because like he should be the leader of, of what's happening in the MCU. He is, I'm, I'm sad he's not there. Yo, if if they imagine if they actually film scenes with him before he passed for the show and nothing's been revealed so far, that it would be mind blowing. But I, I, I really find that hard to believe. I, right? I'm curious how they would how they would do that. I agree with you. I would love it if they did that. But I'm curious, would they use the footage still like I don't know what I don't know what the situation is with something like that or like right. what's appropriate because I don't work in right. the right. entertainment industry. But yeah, man, that ending though, like I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to party. Like, give me the fucking next episode. Yo, my God, yes, I want to. And, and, and this is goes back to what I've been saying that I love the world building because even like a, a comment, for example, I haven't seen Winter Soldier in a long time. I don't remember, you know, oh no, Civil War. I don't remember Civil War, uh, much of the details, but they mentioned it in the show, right? About like, look, dude, like he, Baron Simo framed you for killing King T'Chaka. You don't think Wakanda's going to care? And it's like, 
that makes it real, right? It makes it like, yeah, in a, in a real setting, real world, there would be consequences on that when people find out Baron Simo's out, right? Which makes narrative sense that in this world, fucking Wakanda would get involved immediately, right? So it's like, yes! I, I, so then I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the story now that Wakanda is going to be involved. Yeah, no, and it's an organic involvement, exactly how you just said. Like, they want Baron Zemo's head. Like, he left fucking prison and now like no he's gonna pay for his crimes and yeah i love that ao i got more like secret service vibes than actual wakanda army but it's yeah. fine like you know she's she's she is the x-force she is the lone woman x-force of wakanda <laughs> like she's taking care of the shit no one wants to deal with on the political front she's doing the dirty work and yep. that involves killing this fucker who killed their yeah. king so yeah i thought it was a great episode i I'm happy. I have nothing <laughs> negative to say. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I have nothing to complain about. Uh, like, and I will love that, you know, besides Ao, you know, I'd love to see her kick ass, but I would love to see Okoye, and that might be the guest, you know, like, oh, which yeah, is right. a, a decent, you know, uh, Diana, Dina, Guida, I don't remember, I, I'm probably pronouncing, butchering her I name. I butcher everyone's name, don't worry yeah, about it. Like, come on, Walking Dead fame, you know, yeah. and the Walking Dead is ending, you know, and I, I, I stopped watching the Walking Dead, so I don't even know if she's still in it or not and, and so it's like that would be so cool to see her come through and kick ass as well uh so that that would just be exciting i, I have nothing like this show is just great it's fun yeah. it's entertaining anything else you want to say i do we just want to okay. add about yeah, just about flag smasher because just by fucking happenstance or because of my comic book geekness because i happen to know a little bit about flag smasher just because i've read uh oh we death... have the expert on <laughs> a little bit a little bit I, i'm like he... i don't know anything you're like bitch hold my beer because <laughs> <laughs> he was actually a, a a villain in deadpool uh in in especially i think it was uh jerry uh dugan's run or it, yeah, it was Jerry Dugan's run that had Deadpool because I'm a Deadpool fan. I've read most of their his books uh, except the newest ones. I haven't gotten into those. And and Flag Smasher was there, and it, he's kind of like a throwaway villain. I think that's why MCU is making Flag Smasher like an idea, right? There's several people who are Flag Smashers, but this this one person, Carly, right, who's the main one, it, because nobody cares exactly. Nobody cares who Flag Smasher was, but like. The fun thing, and then he was running a group called Ultimatum, and so they're kind of hinting like Carly's running a group, and the Flag Smasher character in the comic books was Carl Morgenthau, and mm. she's Carly Morgenthau. So go. it's still like connecting it to some degree, and and already from what I've read from at least in Deadpool, uh, uh, Carly's a much more badass <laughs> Flag Smasher than the one we have in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with her in the comic books. I've seen the Easter eggs and the images they've laid out for her and especially in the comics. But yeah, I it would be cool if this kind of ties into like Deadpool. <laughs> like, you know, if we get Ryan Reynolds, that's going to be the surprise cameo. It's going to be oh, Ryan shit. Reynolds right there. I, I doubt it. I absolutely doubt it. But yeah, I think one of the best things about being an MCU fan, if you're just following like the MCU, there's such a... They, they draw from the source material in a very real and interesting way. And I'm, I'm here for it. Let's see what they do, you know? And even as a fan, a 30 plus year old fan, like I've, 
I don't, I don't know who Carly is and I'm just learning her. I'm learning about her with the rest of the world. So I'm, I'm proud of Marvel. I love what they're doing. And this was a great episode. Uh, love it love it love it I, I can't wait for next week to see what happens i'm just a little bit bummed that really is it six episodes i i guess because but they're of longer the, yeah they're exactly longer. they're long episodes uh, with a lot of effects there's a yeah. lot of action i'm like yo that's expensive probably to do all that for a tv show like yeah okay. They're longer than WandaVision, which were like 25, 30 minute episodes. And you're like, I need more from this right now. But um, yeah, I think I feel satisfied when I walk away from an episode of Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Whereas with WandaVision, I was like, like, it cuts your fucking eyes. And I'm like, I don't want to see your fucking eyes, Wanda. Like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) this, I'm kind of like, okay. Let me process that plot. But yeah, I am kind of disappointed too now that you're we're we're talking about it out loud. Like maybe like eight episodes. Eight seems like a good number. I don't know. But I think we'll be able to say that more confidently when we see it ends. If it's a satisfying ending, then I'll be okay. Fine. Yeah. Six episodes was good, but we'll we'll see. But so far, I am happy. These three episodes have been fun, entertaining, uh, character right. developing, world building. I'm with it. Same, same. I'm looking forward to the future and let's see what they're going to give us for the next three episodes. Yes. yes. Miguel, where can the people listening at home find you? Yes. Well, you can follow us, first of all, on social media. Instagram, we're more active at uh, at Legion on Zoom, uh, but we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, And then you can follow our podcast uh, wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, cap debate anything uh a a stitcher just legion on zoom and um you can follow us on youtube as well we have our uh you can see our lovely faces and we add art uh, about everything we talk about if you can see it you know we're talking about comic books you'll see a picture of everything we're talking about so you can follow us on youtube and you guys i mean you're one of my favorite podcasts like you guys kill it every every episode so listeners make sure to follow them at legion on zoom Thank you. All right. I am the Uncanny Dayspring signing off.